Welcome to Tech Uncorked. I'm Dean Gratton. And I'm Sarah Jane Gratton. And together we explore a new world of technology and innovation. With lively discussion and some great interviews. Welcome back to another episode of Tech Uncorked. I just want to start before we go into the program. Thank you again for your messages regarding the book. This is probably something I guess we're going to talk about this in a, in a couple of episodes. So we've got guests coming up over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, yeah we'll, we'll approach it in a few weeks. And I just want to mention about James. Hi, James. Thanks for listening. And thank you for your research and the stories that you shared with me. Thank you for that. Um, I know you're eager to know the name, but the ho- hold your horses there, James. It's coming soon, honestly. We're beavering away, aren't we? We are beavering away on this book, and hopefully you're all going to find something in it that will appeal to you. It's it's a non-techy technology book, if the, if that's the right description for it. Well, we're telling a story. We're telling a story. Yeah, that's it, yeah. So, um, but yes, more information on that coming soon. And yes, thanks so much, James, for the research you've provided. And we will certainly incorporate that into a future episode. Uh, but this week, we're talking about the good old mobile phone, the smartphones that we've all come to rely on. Where would we be without our mobile phones? Well, the thing is, it used to be a mobile phone. Now it's a smartphone. I still call it my mobile. How many of you call it a mobile and how many of you say, say, where's my smartphone? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I don't think we do. We don't. We, yeah, it's, where's my mobile? Yeah. yeah. Where have I left my mobile phone? Um, I, I've no, I don't think I've ever called it a smartphone, although technically these days they are smartphones. I remember my first mobile. Oh, we got, we, we got them together, didn't we, from Orange? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, that was back in, in 96. 96. It was a, it was a Nokia, I remember. Yeah, Nokia when it dominated the market and mobile phones and stuff. So yeah, it was a Nokia phone. I can't remember the model. I can't remember the model. Could we send text on it, or was it just calls? Oh no, no, we could we could send text. Can't remember. But then it it didn't have, of course, they didn't have the ability to do data such at that time. No, no, it was just calls and text then. Just calls and text, and of course, you were limited. Remember, we were limited to 160 characters, and if you went over. Those 160 characters, you know, 161, you'd be charged twice for a text. Do you really? I don't remember that. Well, now you could write a whole essay in a text message and yeah. well, that's fine. But no, yeah, it was 160 characters. That was it. Gosh. And it didn't tell you you've reached the limit or did it? Or did it have I, to send it as to? I cannot remember. Cannot remember how it worked. Yeah, but it was fun. It was, it was, it was exciting. Oh gosh. It was a whole new world having a mobile phone. I'd never, Going I remember out. walking around. Yeah, exactly. Walking around the shopping center. Holding it up. Up, waiting and the only person that called was you <laughs> yeah. um, and, and but waiting desperately for it to ring so I could take it out and hold it up proudly and look at me I look at my mobile, mobile phone, phone. Um, because before that it was always um, a landline or if you were out and needed to make a call you would look around for a phone box yeah that always connected well just wasn't there in any way shape or form which was quite nice in some respects being able to switch off but, oh, it, was, um, it was so great in, in cambridge having those red boxes or telephone boxes classic when you had to look for a landline because you obviously you didn't have the mobile so you had to let your parents know you're going to be home late that's right yeah yeah the UK, the red telephone boxes, very, very classic. I think they're sort of globally sold now as shower units and things like that. 
Um, but they were they were a lifeline for people in those days. I remember my friend Helen and I. My my mother used to drop us off in Cambridge outside Miller's and Ken Stevens. You'll remember this if you're listening, Helen. And we'd walk around town with our pocket money. We sometimes used to buy a, a mug of soup or a cup of soup. I can't remember where we got that from, but we would walk around looking how to spend our pocket money that weekend and then telephoned from the telephone box near Miller's to to be picked up. But yeah, yeah, it was very much let's look for a phone box to arrange something, to talk to somebody yeah. to get a lift. And of course, when I lived with my grandmother, I had to have permission to use the phone. Oh. And uh, who am I calling? How long is it going to be for? Do you know how much that's going to cost me? <laughs> That, that was always a thing. But now, the mobile, uh, well, the mobile phone today, or data capable, I suppose, and uh, with, well, with the, uh, the, uh, the technology such as GPRS, Edge, then you've had 2.75, then you've had 3G, and uh, it, just, it just went on. And now, of course, we've got 5G, but, but that, that's the question. What is the future? Who, who said to us the other day, the actual mobile phone we have now was more capable than what was on the Apollo Going to the moon. Oh, yes. Who said that to us yes. the other day? I think it might have been the singing scientist Johnny Rocks. Johnny Rocks. He gets everywhere, doesn't he? Yeah, Dr. Rocks. We've got to have you back soon, Johnny. Yeah, so there was a natural, well, not, I was saying natural evolution. I think, I think it was pushed by industry, always eager to develop the next big thing. Um, and I suppose it seemed a natural evolution because we, I mean, with a mobile phone, we had it in 96, but we had the internet, what some form of an internet at the time in 95 mm. but that was done through CompuServe do you remember I remember and it was dial up you had that little as it dialed up or the sound you have all the devices on the planet now listening to you <laughs> wondering what the hell you're on about as yeah. it connected the you've got mail oh yes that's thing, it yeah. A little, yeah well yeah so it wasn't until I don't think until 97 when we started. I think Yahoo was the first thing that really came along. We started using Yahoo in 97. Yahoo was the engine we used to search Yeah. Um, before Google came along. Yeah. And the great thing about Google, as opposed to Yahoo, I don't know if anybody else can remember this, but Yahoo wasn't the smartest search engine. You type things in and you'd get a lot of um, Jimbo Django. What's that? I have no idea what you're about. You get a lot of, what's the expression? The results were hickledy-pickledy in terms of what you got. And oh, but bear in mind, this was a naive or very young internet. Yeah, so it was a young internet with a naive search engine that wasn't really geared towards giving accurate results. When, when well, Google actually, came along... How can you have accurate results where there wasn't much information out there anyway? I know, but when Google came along, it changed everything. It was a lot smarter. I remember thinking, gosh, it's giving me results based on what I've typed in, which at the time Yahoo didn't do. Yeah. Gobbledygook. Oh, there you are. Not Jimbo Jango. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Gobbledygook. That's what you're talking right now. <laughs> anyway, yes, yeah, so we moved to Google. And I think as, as the internet started to evolve, people began to expect more from the devices they carried. Yeah. To make them more in line with what they could do at home. And I suppose that... that- in turn gave the the evolution to the mobile phone to become now today the smartphone. So the need to not only access the internet, I suppose, from your desktop or your or your notebook or laptop, whatever you were using, uh, to your to mobile device. I mean, it's amazing now. Yet we don't think of anything of it. But I think, well, do you know what's so great? 
is that we've experienced the whole transition. We've experienced the first mobile phone, mm. our first mobile mm. phone. We experienced the introduction of the internet, mm. and and then to see what it is today. And I and I think that that's a privilege. It is a real privilege, you know, to have been part of something such a revolution. You know that that changed everything. Suddenly, we carried our content in our pockets. We carried our media, our yeah. news. Everything became pocket sized. I think we wrote about this in one of our books that our content has become pocket sized and we carry it no, with I us think everywhere. That was your book. That was Follow Me. I that think. was Follow Me, yes. Yeah. yeah, it was. Another plug there, guys. Follow me. <laughs> Look it up on Amazon under my name. But so, yeah. So, so now it, with 5G. So now with 5G. So, so the thing is, this is part of the history. I haven't worked in this industry for a long time in the telecoms and wireless industry. Actually, 4G LTE was the actual technology or the cellular technology touted to be true wireless broadband. But because the, um, the rush to get, to get it out, to get it to, to move on, I think, um, I think industry missed out on that. I mean, it, it got faster and whatnot, but it didn't deliver true wireless broadband experience. And we hope now today that 5G... Well, we're seeing it. We're seeing that it is delivering true, fast, low latency wireless broadband. And it's, it is really exciting to see, especially in terms of being distant, seeing what 5G can do to bring people together, virtual events and so on. I think that's... Um, it couldn't have been introduced a better time. I know everybody's getting excited because, I mean, today, a new announcement has been made from the government, but I think we should still all be cautious. If we don't have to go into work, I think if we can still work from home, I think that's great. If we don't really have to socialise and contact with people, I say don't. Susan from, from Gloucester wrote in and said, how do you see the mobile phone of the future looking? And I thought, wow, that's such an interesting question because are we actually going to have a physical thing in our pockets in the future? What do you think is going to be inbuilt in us? I think that basically sound may be in the Sarah form of version. a... 2.0. Maybe in the form of an implant or even some kind of an earring that you could actually have in your ear that would actually do the job. How it, would you charge that, though? How would you pop it out and charge it? Or perhaps it, it would charge just from the atmosphere do, that you were in. Do you think we'll have a USB-C? We could be solar-powered. <laughs> <laughs> we could be solar-powered, for example, <laughs> couldn't we? My earring is solar-powered and it becomes my headphone. That That's a possibility. Keyboards, there is a ring that you can wear. So you've got an earring and you've got a ring on your finger that would actually project a virtual keyboard that you could type on. Well, I've seen that. Yeah? I've seen those, yeah. Yeah. I've seen demonstrations of people using it and stuff. I don't like it personally. No, what don't you like about it? I like the tactile touch of a keyboard. You like the tactile touch. What about the uh, minority report um, sort of swiping the air with holographic images and being able to talk and project things that well, way. that's great. I'm sure there are companies out there who have done it and we've seen it. I mean, you've got augmented reality, the Microsoft HoloLens and all this kind of stuff. So you can actually interact with your desktop through HoloLens. I don't know how many of you have seen the episode in Black Mirror where she puts in her contact lenses every day and they basically become her, her world, her virtual world of friend requests, likes. She can swipe in 
the air to light. It's something that could potentially well, Google, take off. Well, Google Glass had a stab at that first time around and it, it flopped. It flopped because people said the glasses were so heavy and obtrusive and it, it wasn't easy to use. It, uh, and it, the, the charging of it and everything. But these little lenses that I, I actually thought were great on Black Mirror. I, I don't think they'll come anytime soon. Glasses would, but they, that needs a lot of refinement. And even the speculation about Apple releasing glasses. Mm. Well, we heard about Google's new glass, as they call it, uh, not Google Glass, Apple's new glasses, back at Mobile World Congress in... Was that 2017? I think so. It was a long time ago. And we were told, oh, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. You're not going to believe what, what's in them. And they're still not here. I think it's a difficult technology to get right. So to answer Susan's question about uh, the evolution of the smartphone, I mean, we've got um, smartwatches now, which I just, oh, I just... I think it's a fad, to be honest. I've always worn glasses since I was five, so for me to wear a pair of glasses, it's not unusual. No, and and, and most people have a pair of sunglasses, even if they don't wear yeah. sunglasses every day to see. So uh, that could be the way forward, Susan. But, you know, it could yeah. very much be the way forward. Uh, I mean, we've looked at extremes and the minority report thing, you know, the virtual person walking in, dealing like an assistant with calls in a hologram form. I'm not quite sure how that would happen when you're in town. Would she just pop up next to you in the shopping queue or would she sit next to you in the car while you're driving to well, take calls? Well, if you've calls? got your glasses on and you're swiping the air, as long as you don't hit anyone in the, uh, in the queue in the shopping mall. Oh, but we'd have those autonomous cars that we talked about last week. Because that wouldn't matter <laughs> when the pigeon went into the dashboard and the car screamed. Do you remember that? The car screamed. You said if a pigeon hits the windscreen, what would the car do? Well, we would hope it would be. Oh, <laughs> do you remember? You think the car would feel pain? I think the car would be terrified, especially with you in it. I do definitely think we're looking towards more sustainability and meeting our sort of government targets. The way that technology is is shaped into products we do need to be more sustainable about this i mean it's all too easy isn't oh, it yes. to just put our phone in the bin and buy a new one when a new one comes out or to constantly be looking at the the next model well holoflex created by i think it was queen's university in canada it's holographic and flexible it's a piece of flexible material that you can bend look at from all angles and it will actually project a keyboard whatever you want to see in a form that really is undated because it's just a piece of bendy material so you wouldn't need to replace the look of that it could slip into a pocket apparently it can even bend around your wrist give you a watch-like feel and the, the, the whole premise of this is that it's made from sustainable materials that don't need to be replaced every year or so. Well, I think that's what people need to do. Well, I say people, I mean, manufacturers need to do, they need to manufacture their mobile phones today. I'm not talking about the future, but today with a view that it can be easily broken down and recyclable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's far too much being just tossed wasted. to one side. Wasted, yeah. absolutely. And I think the whole industry should just have one charger fits all because it's such a waste. Yeah, yeah. You rummage around and you've got different cables for this, different cables for that one cable yeah one charger i mean we've got ipads and the it toys. is annoying it is annoying that we can't use the same charger for our android phone we talked about the well rather you talked about the holographic keyboard and if we have a phone that's also holographic not not just to do the keyboard but what about um speaking with people mm. and looking around i mean well, okay, this has been talked about senselessly, I think, where you want to, say, a viewer property, you want to, you just bought a property, yeah. and you've got a, the estate agent or, or the realtor taking you into the property, and, and uh, she can just show you around the property, and you can actually see it virtually on your mobile phone. Mm. 
Yeah. Oh, sorry, smartphone, I should smartphone. say. Smartphone. I think there's there's um, a lot of potential for augmented reality to be incorporated into the devices that we used in the we use in the future. And indeed, augmented reality is beginning to emerge in yeah. a lot of apps. Um, it has for some time. Think of Pokemon Go. But you know, to become <laughs> <laughs> to become more of a, more of the norm and perhaps more sophisticated to enable the phones that we use to do more. And to become more sustainable, because hopefully if we can come up with something that's fairly undateable, for want of a better expression, I think people will retain timeless. People want to retain them for a lot longer. So, Susan, I do hope that answered your question. We've had quite a lot of fun looking into this and there are some ridiculous ideas. We've kind of thrown out what we've heard and what we're thinking. So I just hope it's given you food for thought and we'd love to hear your thoughts back. Yeah, that'd be great. If anyone else got some ideas want to share with us, particularly about artificial intelligence, which seems to occupy our minds most of the time. Absolutely, yeah. Let us know and let us know what you'd like us to talk about in the in the shows because we enjoy hearing your ideas and whenever possible, we do try to integrate them into the episodes. As long as they're sensible. When are we ever sensible? <laughs> <laughs>